The Rangers send Brennan Othman back to the Hartford Wolfpack. They call up Jake Lesusian for some reason, and Will Cooley is practicing with Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider. All this and more on today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers. You're locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 980 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 Plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com and use code locked on to get $20 off your order. That's J A S E medical.com. And we are, of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So the Rangers uh, making a couple of transactions a little bit earlier today. In our most recent episode, we were able to briefly cover uh, the you know, move that they made where they sent Brian Offen down to the Hartford Wolfpack. We want to spend a little bit more time of it on today's episode. I'm going to have some thoughts about, you know, how they handled Offen and if this was the right decision to send him down. And we also now know the forward that will be taking his place. I think a lot of us were kind of hoping maybe that it would be Capo Caco getting back into the lineup, but instead it will be Jake LeCision, who played 13 games with the Rangers this past season. We're going to talk about all that. Also going to get into uh, Will Cooley, playing on the top line with Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider. Got some thoughts on that today. A lot to do in today's episode. So let's go ahead and start with Brian Oppen. Once again, sent back down to the Hartford Wolfpack after three games with the New York Rangers. I don't necessarily hate this because it kind of feels, looking at it now, like they at least had some kind of a plan in place. But I will be the first one to say I would have liked to have seen Brian Oppen get a little bit more of a shot, maybe get a little bit more ice time little bit more games, you know, going forward than just three. Um, you know, he is your former first-round draft pick. Obviously, you have big plans for him going forward. I do see the Rangers' side of it, though, where maybe they want to send him down to the minors, continue to have him develop, and just give him a little bit of a taste of uh, NHL action. There is one aspect of Brandon Offen being sent down that does annoy me a little bit. We'll get to that a little bit later in today's episode. As far as how Offen did, I mean, it was a decent showing. you got to keep in mind, 21-year-old rookie, uh, just getting his first taste of AHL action this year. Now getting his first chance in the NHL. I do believe the Rangers had expressed their desire to hopefully leave Brian Offman in the AHL for this entire season. Obviously, you know, plans can change and they did change at least for three games there. Um, but I feel like, again, just kind of seeing how everything developed here, watching Offman's usage, especially over these last two games here, that this was very, very possibly the plan all along for the Rangers and what they were going to do uh, with Brian Offman once they called him up. Unless Offman, if he came up and just blew everybody out of the water and just hit the ground running and was looking like one of the absolute best players on the ice, you know, for all these first three games, then I would have to imagine and be like, okay, let's have him stick around and uh, see what he can do. Uh, unfortunately, with the amount of ice time or lack thereof that he got in the last two games, I'm not even sure uh, that was uh, really possible. But again, kind of just feels like looking at it now, connecting all the dots, 
this is always intended to be a short-term stay for Brent Offman. I know I kind of taught myself into believing a couple episodes back after Offman's very impressive debut against the Blackhawks that maybe this could be kind of a long-term deal. But again, you kind of read the writing on the wall a little bit. The signs were always kind of there that it was going to be a short-term stay. I mean, for starters, you had Tyler Pitlick getting injured. He's still considered week to week. But the Rangers need somebody to take his place, and obviously Capo Caco was not yet ready. So you got some options if you're the Rangers. You could cop a veteran uh, like maybe Riley Nash, although I am seeing reports now. It looks like Riley Nash is dealing with a little bit of an injury. Uh, we saw him play one game with the Rangers earlier this season. You could call up uh, possibly Alex Belzeal, now 32 years old, a uh, veteran um, in the Rangers you know, minor league system. He's with the Wolfpack right now and having a pretty good season for them. And then you could also... Possibly go with a young player. Uh, Adam Enstrom, I, I think, would have been a possibility, but he's actually injured right now, too. So the injury bug, not just hitting the Rangers a little bit this season, seems like it's also hitting the heart for Wolfpack at least a little bit. But the Rangers do ultimately end up going with a young guy, and that, of course, turned out to be Brent Offen. And again, Offen played the three straight games, no points, six shots on goal. Five of those came in the first game that he played against the Blackhawks. He looked good, had a couple of different chances to score, came pretty close to scoring on a couple of different occasions in that game against the Blackhawks. Uh, also during his stay, five hits and a block shot. He was an even plus minus. But again, he got very precious little ice time. Uh, the first game against Chicago, he was out there for 12-26. And I think uh, part of the reason for that, you're playing the Blackhawks, you built yourself a, a really nice lead. The Rangers were up uh, four to one in the third period. And that even afforded often a chance to play on the same line with Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider. And he didn't look out of place doing that. Again, not the best team in the league that the Rangers were playing that night, and we can just leave it at that. Um, but, you know, again, he, he did do very well. But then at Montreal, just seven minutes and 16 seconds. And then Vancouver, basically the same thing, just seven minutes and 33 seconds. And I have seen some people, you go on social media, and there's some people kind of making the case of, oh, man, why even call Brand off and up if this is all you're going to do, if he's going to be glued to the bench, if he's only going to play seven minutes and whatever seconds per night. And again, I do get that frustration. I'm kind of there with you uh, in a sense. Uh, I would have, again, like to have seen Brian Offen get more and more ice time. We've seen, you know, basically everybody in the Ranger lineup, whether it's uh, Nick Bonino. With him, it's a little different because obviously I mean, he's out there for the penalty kill. He's a big part of that. But we've seen everybody from like Johnny Brzezinski to uh, Tyler Pitlick to like even Riley Nash when he was up, I, I think got a little bit more ice time in that one game. Uh, there's some other players as well. You know, Barkley Goodrow's always out there and he does kill penalties too. But when you're in a situation where those guys are all getting more ice time than Brent Offman, I don't really see the point of that. I mean, is Offman really this massive defensive liability that he's just going to kill you if he's on the ice? Uh, I don't really see it that way. I didn't see Offman make any like glaring mistakes in any of these games. And again, granted, he wasn't out there in a lot of cases long enough to make glaring mistakes. But I mean, think about that pass that Nick Bonino made in the most recent game. You know, just that really soft, weird pass across the neutral zone, gave it right away. It was a turnover and the Canucks go in and they score in transition. I didn't see often make any mistakes like that. I mean, did anybody else? Maybe I missed something. It's at least possible. But I just don't see any reason why Brian Offman, and I'll use the Montreal game as an example, why Offman in that game can only get seven minutes, 16 seconds of ice time, uh, more than two minutes less than any other player on the Rangers, while on the same night you've got, or almost two minutes, you've got Johnny Brodzinski getting nine minutes and five seconds. Uh, Nick Bonino got 10.32 that night. Barclay Goodrow got 11.50. Blake Wheeler got 17.09 that night. 
And I know, you know, some of these guys kill penalties. And in the case of Wheeler, he's out there with Mika and Kreider. So that line is going to get some ice time. But still, I mean, all these guys had just infinitely more ice time than Brandon Othman. And it's not like, you know, Nick Bonino is killing it this year. Again, I, I do appreciate what he brings to the table. Barclay Goodrow is not having one of his better seasons as a Ranger. Um, you know, Brodzinski, he came up, ha- sparked the team a little bit early, but he's obviously cooled off since then. I just don't know why often has to be kind of buried in terms of, you know, time on the ice. And some of it was uh, dictated by game flow and situational hockey. You know, the Rangers were obviously trailing in each of the last two games. And so uh, LaViolette was looking to get his big guns out there as much as possible. Rangers obviously need some goals in multiple goal deficits in both of those games. So you want Panarin out there, you want Meek out there, and Lafreniere and Kreider and all the usual suspects. But again, to see Hoffman uh, get such significantly less ice time than any other player on the Rangers, it was at least a little bit disappointing. I, I think um, I think I feel comfortable certainly saying that. Um, you know, I think this was done, again, mostly just to get Hoffman's feet wet at the NHL level, give him a sense of what it means to be an NHL player, get him into that Ranger locker room get him to interact with some of his teammates and get to know them a little bit. Obviously, whether it's later this season or next season, sooner or later, often it's going to be teammates for with these guys, and it's going to last longer than just a handful of games. You know, often it's a big part of the Ranger uh, future. You know, have him do some traveling with the Rangers. He got the chance to do that in this three-game stretch here. He got the Broadway hat after the one game, got to give a little speech after that game. So, again, unless he smashed all expectations, I, I think he probably was uh, heading right back down to Hartford. I just would have liked to have seen him get a little bit more of an opportunity. The Rangers give players opportunities, old, young, new, old, um, homegrown talent, somebody from another team. They give players opportunities. And I just would have liked to have seen Hoffman uh, get a little bit more of one while he was up. But I will say this, they did basically the same thing with Will Cooley last season. If you guys remember, Will Cooley only played in four games with the Rangers last year. Uh, and for the record, no points. He was a minus two. Got into a couple of fights uh, during his very limited time with the Rangers. Uh, also had eight hits. He averaged only six minutes and 58 seconds of ice time. So even less than Brandon Offen. And then he was back in Hartford. And again, it seemed like that was very much the plan. That he was only going to be up for a cup of coffee, head back down, and then um, get another look this year. Which obviously he has gotten. And he's played every game for the Rangers this season. And deservedly so. Um, look uh, again, I'll say it would have been nice last year for Cooley to get a little bit more of a chance with the Rangers than he did just like this year. Same thing, um, with Brent often I'd like to have seen him get a little bit more of a chance, especially when you consider some of the other Ranger options as far as depth forward is concerned. So it is disappointing, but credit where it's due, it worked out doing it this way with, with, um, with Will Cooley. So props to the Rangers there. And, uh, the Rangers have had a history recently of maybe rushing some guys who weren't all the way ready for NHL hockey. So maybe they're erring on the side of caution with Offman a little bit. Uh, I can't kill them for this decision again. While he was going to be here, though, let's get him a little bit more ice time than seven minutes and whatever seconds uh, per night. But he goes back to Hartford. He's got nine goals and 13 assists there in 28 games. And if he really excels, never say never. We may not have seen the last of Brian Offman in a Ranger jersey uh, this season. You know, only time is going to tell there, and it's going to depend on how healthy this team is, who makes it back, what the Rangers do at the trade deadline, if they add anybody, uh, how often performs at the AHL. All these things are going to determine uh, if and when we might see Offen again this season. We'll see how it goes. But this was something that Peter Laviolette had to say about Offen after he was uh, sent down. For young players, things can become a little bit more challenging when you play some of the upper echelon teams in the league. The first game, he had some impact offensively. I thought it was a little bit less the second game. 
And yeah, he's not wrong. I mean, when Hoffman was out there these last two games, he was not very noticeable. Um, again, it's hard to do a whole lot though when you're only getting about seven minutes of ice time uh, per night. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I think if nothing else, it was good to get his feet wet at the NHL level. And hopefully whenever uh, he's called back up again, maybe that's it. Maybe he's in the NHL for good at that point, whether that happens later this season or potentially uh, even at the start of the season uh, next year. So we are going to get into something else that the Rangers did, uh, another transaction here, and specifically um, an aspect of often being sent down that I, I do find at least a little bit annoying or even a little bit confusing. Uh, we'll get to that in just a second here. First, though, we definitely want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by Jace Medical. I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life, but can we talk for just a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. That is scary. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. This stuff could happen to anybody. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code Locked On to get $20 off of your order. All right, let's go ahead and keep everything rolling here for the everydayers. Uh, definitely stick around. We're going to have another episode later this week. Rangers play the Blues on Thursday, trying to avoid their first three-game losing streak of the season. Blues have been hot lately. Rangers are going to have to bring it. Uh, we'll see how it goes, and we'll break down whatever happens in that game. But for right now, let's keep the focus on the Rangers and the, the moves that they made here, and specifically uh, the player that was called up to take Brian Offman's place on the roster. This is not who I was expecting. I'll, I'll just start by saying that. Um, but it's Jake Lecision. Um, my whole thing here, when your best option after sending down your first round pick, uh, former first round pick in Brent Offen, when your best option is Jake Lecision, maybe just don't make the move at all. Maybe just let Brent Offen stick around a little bit. Because even if Offen is in a very limited role, which he has been the last two games, where he's only going to play you know, between seven and eight minutes per night, uh, only play when the Rangers uh, have the lead. Maybe he's the odd man out. If somebody like Panarin is being double shifted, maybe that kind of takes Offen out of the equation in general. Uh, Offen can do that. You know, it'll be okay to have him in a role like that. Uh, I'm sure the Rangers want him to work on his development at the AHL, and that's all well and good. But honestly, would it have killed them? Would it have just destroyed Brandon Offen's development to have him stick around for another game or two until Capo Caco is ready to come back? You really need to send him down to the AHL and replace him with Jake Lecision, of all people. That, to me, is a tough sell. Uh, and as for Lecision, I mean, it's nothing against him. I just don't know what he really brings to the table or, you know, why this would be seen as an upgrade. I know Offman, again, hasn't done a whole lot these last two games in limited ice time, but he's got more potential to do something to help this team than I think Jake Lecision does. Uh, Lecision is currently 24 years old. He has just two goals and four assists in 76 games in his NHL career. The Rangers for some reason, claimed him off of waivers from Vegas last year. I mean, I know Lecision was a former second-round pick. Maybe they uh, feel like there's some untapped potential there. He has put up some points at the AHL, but between the Rangers and Knights last year, this guy skated in 35 games and got zero points. That is difficult to do. I don't care how little ice time you're getting. Sooner or later, you luck into a point 
uh, here or there. But uh, to, to build on what I mentioned just a second ago, he does put up some decent offensive numbers at the AHL. His last season with the Knights organization in the AHL, he had 14 goals and 13 assists in 34 games. Uh, last year with the Pack, five goals, 10 assists in 18 games. Uh, and then this year, a little bit less, three goals and three assists in 14 games with the Wolfpack. And what's something that is, you know, something of a concern for the Rangers right now? I think one thing you can certainly point to as far as, you know, some of the issues that might be facing this team. And it's not to say they played terrible hockey. They haven't. They're in a little bit of a rut lately, I guess you could say. Uh, the last, you know, 16 games, they're hovering around 500, just a little bit above. Nobody was going to maintain the kind of pace that they got off to to start the season. Um, the Rangers, that is, you know, they did they just exploded out of the starting blocks this year. But what's one of the things that's kind of been an issue for this team, not just this year, but in years past and certainly at times this year? Yes, yeah, secondary scoring. The Rangers could definitely use more of it, and I don't think Jake LeCision is the guy that's going to provide it. Uh, they don't need another defense only forward if you can even call Jake LeCision that they could use a little bit of offense they could use a little bit of depth scoring especially once again with no Kako no Filipino Kako should be coming back soon but for the time being he's not there Rangers are trying to get back in the win column let's get somebody who at least has a chance to do something offensively and I think that's Brian Hoffman but even if you feel like you know you're the Ranger coaching staff and you feel like Brennan Hoffman just isn't ready yet. And okay, you know, we, we did what we wanted to do. He got up here for three games. He uh, got somewhat acclimated to the NHL. He's going to go back to the HL. He's hungry now. He's going to work on the things that he needs to work on to fight his way back here. We've ignited a fire in him, kind of. Um, you know, that that's all well and good. But even if you feel that way, and, and you're going to stick with the plan and Hoffman must be sent down to the HL, is there any reason why they couldn't have given somebody like Alex Belziel a chance? Now, Belziel, not a world beater, has kind of an interesting story. Didn't make his NHL debut until he was 29. I believe he was 30 when he scored his first NHL goal. He's now 32 years old. He's only played 44 career NHL games. But in those 44 games, six goals and nine assists. Not a tremendous amount. Basically a third of a point per game. More than you're going to get from Jake LeCision. And so far this year in the NHL, as far as offense is concerned, and I don't watch every Wolfpack game, so I can't break down, you know, all the, you know, little intricacies of every single hockey game that has been played by the Wolfpack this season. But if you just go by the offensive numbers um, so far this season, he has, uh, we'll, we'll actually start with last year. He had 26 points in 31 games last year. And now this year, uh, 31 games with the pack. Uh, he is tied for a team high 11 goals. He's actually still tied with Johnny Brodzinski. Think about how long Brodzinski has been up with the Rangers, and he's still tied for the team lead uh, with the Wolfpack. But yeah, uh, Belzeal is now tied with Brodzinski with 11 goals. He has 17 assists, which is second on the team, and also has a team high 28 points. So I don't know. I mean, maybe just give him a shot. You know, LeCision had his chance last year, and he didn't have an enormous amount of games with the Rangers. But I wouldn't call that like a, a microscopic sample size either. He was with the Rangers for 13 games last year. Didn't really do a whole lot with it. Not trying to be mean, just being very truthful here. Um, I, I think it's time for somebody else to get a chance. And especially when you're looking for maybe some secondary scoring. You're not looking for another guy who is a forward and brings next to no offense to the table. I, I think the Rangers have enough of them right now. Um, go with the guy who might give you a little bit of offense, might give you a little bit of a spark. And um, it, just get a look at him because Belzeal is one of the only Ranger free agent signings in the offseason that signed for more than one year. He has a two-year deal, so presumably he'll be here. Might as well just give him a chance. I don't really see uh, any harm in doing so. And 
yeah, I mean, you guys can probably tell. I'm, I'm not really feeling the decision call up, but the good news is that Capo Caco, it does sound like he's getting closer and closer to playing. Uh, he was wearing a yellow jersey at practice today, which basically means he's participating, but you're still not really to hit him, sort of. That's kind of how LaViolette uh, explained it. But we're going to keep everything rolling in just a second. I actually want to turn our attention to New York Ranger pros- practice and one of the biggest developments from practice today, and that is Will Cooley playing on the top line alongside Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider. We're going to discuss that and uh, if that could be something that we see as soon as the next game. We'll get to that in just a second here. First, though, we definitely want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by Sleeper. It's almost a halfway point in the season, and the Rangers have established themselves as one of the top teams in the NHL. But regardless of where the Rangers are in the standings, I want to remind you that you could win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for Daily Fantasy Sports, and especially Daily Fantasy Hockey. Because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in Daily Fantasy Hockey contests. All you have to do is pick whether studs like Panarin or Mika or Kreider or Igor Shesterkin will record more or less than their Sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus minus, and more in a given game to win 100 times your bet on sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight-player stats. You heard me, Rainier fans. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with sleeper. Start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you will get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKEDONNHL. See sleepers terms of use for details as well as locational availability. We also want to let you guys know that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, so... Yeah, practice and the biggest development from practice for the New York Rangers. A little bit earlier today, and just for frame of reference, it is Tuesday night as I'm recording this. But the biggest news from practice, I would say, is that Will Cooley got some run with Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider. It is worth noting that the Rangers mostly went with the same line combinations that they've been going with. Uh, The third and fourth lines have been a little bit fluid. And, of course, the Rangers were kind of shuffling the deck in general in the uh, most recent game. Uh, Be that as it may, the line combos were basically what you would expect. Um, but after Wheeler got the initial run with Mika and Kreider at the practice a little bit earlier today, Will Cooley got in there and he got to play with Mika and Kreider. And I mentioned in our last episode that Blake Wheeler has kind of cooled off again. You know, he's been very much up and down this season and just not putting up the kind of points you would expect from a, or hope for from a top line right winger. I mean, he's been okay at times, but again, he's got a stretch of about six games with one assist right now. and. You know, Wheeler kind of got hot when Mika and Kreider got hot for a while there. He had like eight or nine points in a nine-game stretch, but uh, he has since cooled off. And it now looks like Will Cooley is going to be the latest Ranger to get his shot at the top-line right-wing spot. And honestly, why not? Everybody else has gotten a chance. It went from Kako to Wheeler to Brodzinski back to Wheeler. I'm sure Kako at some point or another will find himself back on that line once he gets back. I've even suggested, you know, maybe throw Jimmy Vesey up there for a look at some point. But they will now go with Will Cooley. No complaints on my part. He's played very well. 
Uh, he's earned this chance. And I do like that, even though this is a position of weakness for the Rangers, that Laviolette and the coaching staff allow these guys to go out there and compete for it. I mean, nobody's really taken the bull by the horns. We've seen some guys go out there and play well for a couple of games and uh, stick in that spot, you know, for a handful of games. We saw it with Brodzinski when he was first called up. Uh, we saw it with Wheeler during his second go around with uh, Mika and with Kreider, but nobody has really shown themselves as the long-term solution. Can Will Cooley be that guy? It's at least possible. Uh, we'll see how it goes. There's really not even any guarantees that the Rangers are going to do that in this next game, but I think there's a decent possibility that it does happen. Will Cooley out there with Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider, and this could work. It's an interesting line. Uh, all three of these guys can really, really put the puck in the net. They can really shoot the puck. I mean, Kreider, you think of him as more of like a deflection guy, and understandably so, but he can shoot the puck. Mika's obviously got just a phenomenal one-timer, and Cooley can really shoot it too. You know, you kind of think of Cooley as like the, the rookie and the guy that's going to go out there and set a physical tone, and he does that. But Will Cooley's got a shot that the rest of this league is going to find out about uh, sooner or later. We've seen flashes of it at times this season. And Cooley also brings a physical element to that line. Um, he can maybe do some of the dirty work uh, for Mika and for Kreider, get in there on the forecheck. You know, one issue that, this line had earlier in the season was sustaining offense's zone possession time. It felt like it was one chance and then gone. And Mika and Kreider just in general can be slow starters. And I think they were uh, at times this year as well, but maybe Will Cooley can help there as far as, uh, you know, extending offense's zone possession time and just being one of those guys. It's difficult to deal with. I, I mean, Will Cooley, it can't be a lot of fun trying to defend somebody like that. The guy's a bulldozer, obviously very, very big, very strong. Uh, doesn't back down from anybody. And somebody else that I think could be, you know, a good net front presence for the Rangers uh, going forward. Uh, really, you know, the only pause that I have about this as far as, you know, Will Cooley getting this opportunity is it does take him away from his natural position of left wing and moves him across the ice to the right wing. Um, it does sound like, you know, looking at tweets from the various Ranger beat reporters that were at Ranger practice say that it was indeed Will Cooley who moved over to the right wing. Chris Kreider stayed at his usual left wing spot. We've seen Kreider every once in a while in the past move over to right wing. Um, but it sounds like if this line is going to be together at the start of this upcoming game or in the middle of this upcoming game or in a future game, that it probably will be Will Cooley switching positions. And unlike Brian Othman, my understanding is that Cooley really has only played left wing. You know, Othman gets a little bit of run or has gotten a little bit of run at different stops in his hockey career thus far on the right side at right wing with Will Cooley. It sounds like he's pretty exclusively a left winger, but you know what? This is why you have practice, right? You experiment with some things. You see if Will Cooley can handle it. And there is that little part of me that doesn't want to mess with him. Doesn't want to, you know, stunt his growth because he's done such a nice job um, at the left wing, but you know what? M most guys can handle it. Most guys can figure out a way to still be effective players. Uh, Alexi Lafreniere is a great example of that. I don't even think of him as a left winger anymore. At this point, Lexi Lafreniere is a right winger. That's all he's played this season. He's having the best season of his career. So um, Will Cooley, hopefully he can handle it. Hopefully there's not too much of a learning curve if they ask him to do that in the next game and beyond. But something else I mentioned about Will Cooley, and I want to bring it up again right now. Uh, he right now has seven goals, and we are very close to the exact midway point of the season. And I made a point in a recent episode that you know, Cooley, I, I was praising him and talking about how, you know, at times he's been something of an unsung hero for this Ranger team, always such a physical presence and somebody showing a lot of promise uh, for the seasons to come here. But I said, even though he's not quite on the pace, he's got a shot, a shot 
at maybe a 20-goal rookie season, which would be tremendously impressive. Well, if he sticks out on line with Mika and Kreider, that's his best opportunity right there. I don't know that he'll get to 20 goals. Really, it's not even that big of a deal. It'd be cool to see it happen. But Will Cooley, you know, just the fact that he's impressed, uh, made the team when most people thought that he would not make the team, uh, has played good, solid, steady hockey, and has earned the trust of the coaching staff to the point that they're now going to put him out there on the top line with two of the Rangers' best players, Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider. Tremendously, tremendously impressive. So just good stuff all around. Uh, the only other thing I want to mention before we call it a day here is LaViolette did comment on Capo Caco potentially uh, returning in the near future here. That's what LaViolette had to say about that. There's going to be a process for him when he does come back, when he is cleared, when he does get into games. There might be a ramped up. There might be a ramp up period. He's been out for a little bit. We'll see how many practices he gets. And you're just kind of like eyeballing the situation, trying to figure out, you know, everything that's happened here. And okay, when are we going to see Capo Caco? I know a lot of us were hopeful that it could be as soon as this Thursday night game against the St. Louis Blues. But again, the writing is kind of on the wall here. The Rangers called up Jake Lecision. I would think that he's probably going to play in that Thursday night game against the Blues. And then the Rangers have a back-to-back on the weekend against the Capitals. Given how much time Kako has missed and kind of reading between the lines as far as everything that Peter Laviolette said about the situation, I kind of get the feeling that they're not going to throw Kako out there for both games of a back-to-back uh, against a bitter rival, no less. I, I just don't know that that'd be the best way to break him back in. Um, not that like, he couldn't possibly handle it, but again, you are talking about somebody who had you know pretty serious uh, lower body injury, missed a bunch of time, and um, is just now going to be getting back. So it probably makes sense to maybe have him like if they feel like he's just about ready, maybe the second game of that back-to-back, maybe that's the night where you see Capo Caco. But I am looking forward to seeing Caco get back in the lineup, and hopefully he can just kind of hit the reset button, start his season over, and uh, start contributing to this team offensively. He's been a great defensive forward all season. I think they miss him in that regard, but obviously we hope that eventually Capo Caco uh, gets it going offensively as well. So I figure we can pretty much call it there for today. Once again, if you guys would like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I will see you next time.